And let me, let me go ahead right now and invite you all to stay. Immediately following the service, there will be a covered dish lunch in the fellowship hall. And all of you are asked to stay and fellowship and eat with Mr. Donald and all of his family. And Dr. Blank has instructed me that there, is, there will be what we call open mic back there. So I don't know open mic 20 years ago versus open mic today. I don't know what the difference is in that, but there's going to be open mic back there. Karaoke, karaoke is welcome, but um, anybody who has special thoughts or memories of Mr. Donald or would like to say something on behalf of Mr. Donald, um, please do so. The microphones will be back there, and uh, we, we welcome that. Um, I do want to highlight two birthdays today we have with us, and that is Shad Welch and Willa Dean Blackman have birthdays today. So if you see them, wish them a happy birthday. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Father, Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house today, Lord. Father, there's no place else we would rather be. Lord, we thank you for the health, Lord. We thank you for the safety that you allowed us to be here today, Lord. And Father, we are privileged to be here. Father, I pray that as we have this service today, I pray that everything we do will glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> As we gather together today as a family of God, we certainly can say again, it is the day the Lord has made, and we're rejoicing and we're glad in it. Congregation, turn with me to number 43 as we join together in praising our God in song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Please stand as we join together in singing. Great is Thy Faithfulness, together singing.
And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you, church, and you may be seated. From the book of 1 Timothy, this is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we pray that uh, you would cause these words now to echo not only in our ears, but in our minds. That we'd have a better understanding that it is your will, it's your desire that all men will come to the saving knowledge of, of Jesus, what he has done for them at Calvary, and, and your desire, your love to be in a relationship. Lord, let these words guide our lives. Let these words truly lead our church. And forgive us when we get so wrapped up in so many other things that we, that we don't pay attention to the, to the harvest that truly is all around us. Forgive us of all the, the sin that, that we so often commit in our lives. And, and yet we pray now that through your Holy Spirit you would transform us as well so that it would be easier for us to do good and harder for us to do wrong. And we thank you, God, for times of worship asking you to fill this place this moment because we, we know that without you, it all becomes meaningless. We thank you for your love and for the way that you, you care for us, the, the, the willingness to provide for our, our very needs. And Lord, we pray, for, we pray for our community and we pray for our nation. And clearly, Lord, we also pray for the many that have been touched by evil over the last few days. Lord, we pray that you would help them to to lift their eyes up to you. Because, Lord, in you and you alone is their hope and is their strength and is their peace. And so, again, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the assurance of your word that, again, you want not only us, but you want all people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
Ushers, please come forward to receive our morning tithes and offerings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we realize, Lord, that you've given us much, Lord. Father, everything we have comes from you, Lord. Father, as we give back this portion, Lord, Father, we just ask you to bless it and glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus once said that uh, the way we would live our lives, well, that it had the potential to truly shine the light upon, upon God the Father. In fact, the words that Jesus used are these. 
You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. A true man or true woman of God knows indeed that the way we live our lives, it really is supposed to exalt and glorify God within us. We know that it's not about what we do, but it is about what he chooses to do through us. And in Ezekiel chapter 22, God in that particular chapter lays out, well, his judgment on Israel and why he is going to send that judgment. It starts out by talking about the sins of the people, and they were many. Talks about the sins of their leaders, which were many. Even the sins of their religious leaders, those that were supposed to be leading the people, even they were guilty. And in verse 20 of that chapter, God said, I, I, I was looking to see if I could just find one person that would be able to stand in the gap for me so that I wouldn't have to render judgment. It also says that God didn't find one. I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. And that's a sad part of scripture just a little bit. The fact that there was no one that, that would stand in the gap on behalf of the people. See, a man of God, a, a true man of God is, is willing to do that, right? They're willing to be available to God. They, they will make the sacrifices that need to be made, whether that is a sacrifice of money or time. See, a man of God will say, here am I, send me. Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, that's, that's what I will do. A true man of God doesn't care about getting any of the recognition. They just do it because it needs to be done. And you know what? I believe a person that is really willing to stand in the gap. See, that person, that type of individual, I mean, God not only uses them, I mean, how many lives are touched by people that are willing to be used by God? Mr. Don, thank you this morning for you being a man of God. Thank you for being willing to stand in the gap. Thank you for letting the light of Jesus shine in your life and through your soul. I mean, this may surprise you this morning, but not everybody's always agreed with you. And believe it or not, not everybody's always been happy with, with what you wanted to do. And that may be true. But anybody that has known you, even if they disagreed with you, they knew exactly where you stood because you told them. They know that you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And they know that you love the Lord's church. And you have lived a life with conviction and with purpose. You've had a passion to tell people about Jesus. And because of that passion, you've touched countless lives. I've heard stories of all the, the boys, now men, that have gone through a Sunday school class that you once taught. I've heard of the countless mission trips that you have taken. And I know firsthand of the, 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 your heart for missionaries and, and for, their, for their safety and for their care. The truth is, even over these past few years that we've been here, you and Miss Lois Hand have been a great source of encouragement and comfort to me as your pastor. Truth is, it doesn't matter who you are. They're not around you long before you're talking Jesus. And just about a month ago, you spent a little bit of time in the hospital. And uh, I was there, and Gray was there, and the nurse came in, and we stepped out. Don't know exactly what she was going to do. Maybe five, ten minutes went by, and when we went in there, she had heard about Jesus, and she had heard she needed to get her children in church. <laughs> Amen. May we be more willing to stand in the gap for Jesus, folks. Because when we're willing to stand in the gap for Jesus... We're going to tell people about how much that he loves them. See, touching lives, 
making a difference. That's typical of the man of God. Typical because they'll stand in the gap. Typical because they'll let the light of Jesus shine. And way, way back in Ezekiel, God looked for such a man and didn't find one. But he found one in Turbyville. And really, when it's all said and done, for all of us in, in, that know Christ, when it's all said and done, isn't one of the absolute best compliments that can ever be paid to us is that we were a woman or man of God? Mr. Don, you are a man of God. Thank you, Pastor, for those words of encouragement to us and tribute to Brother Don. Uh, at this time, two of the great-grandchildren are going to be coming singing. When they have finished singing, <clears throat> there will not be another hymn at this point, but when they're finished, all of the children and children's church workers, for the children that are six years of age and younger, will go to your place of worship for the remaining time. The other children usually go out, will stay here for the remaining service. At that time, choir, you may also come down, find somewhere to sit. There's still room in the front rows at this point, but little at that point. Children, God bless you. You sing for Papa, okay? Lord bless you, girls. Matthew 7, 24. The wise man built his house upon a rock. My hope has built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Miss our children and children's church workers to their place of worship, six years of age and younger, and our choir may take their place in the audience for remaining service. tribute to Mr. Donald Coker. We're gathered together today, Sunday, November the 22nd, 2015, at the Turbeville Southern Methodist Church to pay tribute to one of our own sons of the church, Brother Don Coker. Don was born on February the 25th, 1932, 
into a godly home of Clarence and Laura Jane Coker. The godly and committed lives of his parents impacted his life at a very early age. He accepted Jesus Christ as his own personal savior as a youth while attending the Southern Methodist camp, which at the time was held at Lake Juniper uh, Camp, Sherall, South Carolina. Because of his centered focus and having begun through the ministry of the youth camps, Brother Don has had a very warm and outgoing passion for the youth camp work of our denomination. As a young Christian person, Don set his focus on being a godly, Christ-centered person with a deep love for Christ, the Southern Methodist Church, and particularly the Turbyville Southern Methodist Church, and for world missions. After graduating from East Clarendon High School, he began his freshman year of college at Bob Jones University, 1949-50 academic year. Then the next year, he transferred to Clemson University for his sophomore year, 1950-51. Following that year, Don chose to take a leave from his academic training to serve his country. So in 1952, he enlisted in the Army and served his country until 1954. However, during that time, another big event took place as he was able to finally convince a lovely Los Ann Budden to become his true love and his bride. And so on February the 22nd, 1952, the wedding bells rang throughout the woods, the fields, and the villages of East Clarendon, announcing the marriage of Don and Lois Ann Budden Coker, a beautiful, biblically-based union under God's blessing for 63 years plus and counting. To them, God blessed them with four children, Sharon Coker Bagnell, Lisa Coker Griffith, Seal Coker Brunner, and Gray Coker, eight grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Following, uh, following his military duty, Don returned to complete his academic training and enrolled at the University of South Carolina in 1954, graduating with a bachelor's degree in business management. And following his graduation, he joined his brother Ray in a very successful building construction business called Coker Builders Incorporated, where they worked together until his retirement. The writer of this tribute first became familiar with Brother Don while the writer's father-in-law, the Rev late Reverend Ralph Wentling, was pastoring the Turbyville Southern Methodist Church. He and his wife, Gladdy, and one son at the time came to visit the Wentlings on vacation. In 1964, when Reverend Wentling elected to vacate the, pul uh, the pulpit to enter another ministry, the church contacted us to prayerfully consider becoming their pastor family. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we accepted the call, and during the next 26 years as pastor, I learned a lot about the heart and spiritual passion of Brother Don. Along with being committed to the Lord, his family, and his church, he was committed to the Southern Methodist denomination and his community. In the Turbyville Southern Methodist Church, he taught the teen boys Sunday school class for many years. He sang tenor in the choir, served on the board of stewards a number of terms and occasions served as chairman of the board. He was a member of the Sunday school council and served on the local church committees on, committee on missions. His leadership over these many years has positively impacted the focus of this, this church, especially in the vision for world missions. Apart from the local church since 1972, Don has been an active member of the uh, Sumter and Clarendon Counties Gideon Camps, speaking in many churches in the area for uh, the great ministry of Bible distribution through Gideon International, uh, enlisting members and soliciting supporters. He also became a member of the Guido Evangelistic Association in Metter, Georgia, from 1981 until 2009. In our community, he has, has been just as active, serving as chairman of the East Clarendon School Board, being involved with Ruotan Club, and in earlier years, a dynamic part of establishing and carrying out 
the Turbeville Community Revivals, which were held in the gymtorium of the East Clarendon School. By the way, those revival days were most memorable as many came to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. In the Southern Methodist denomination, Don was just as involved, sharing his leadership with others in many areas. He has served on the board of trustees of camp properties, both the general and annual conference boards of administration, the college board, the board of minister relations, and most of all, the foreign missions board. In fact, though the WMS has been historically a very active mission arm of the church, both in prayer and financial support, the general church as a whole had no real world missions vision. It was through the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, that uh, Brother Don, Ralph Wentling, the then President Lynn Corbett, and several others became burdened for developing a denominational-wide missions program. Don, for one, was familiar with the Faith Promise Program, uh, which was already used in the People's Church in Toronto, Canada. So from this concept, he, with several others, drafted the preliminary plans for our denominational missions program and presented to the General Conference in 1962. With overwhelming support, however, with some skeptics, the Faith Promise Program was adopted and promoted throughout the denomination. Thank you, Brother Don. With the blessing of God, the program is alive and well and, uh, count and continues to be blessed of God. There were many times that Don and I served on the same conference and denominational boards and would drive to Orangeburg together. In addition to other interacting occasions, these trips served as an opportunity for me to learn and appreciate the heart of this man. May God bless you, my brother in Christ, on this day in which we, the Turbyville Southern Methodist Church, and visiting friends honor you for your faithful service to this church and to Christ's kingdom worldwide. To God be the glory, great things he is doing forevermore. Amen and amen. Good morning. good morning. It's certainly good to see many of Mr. Don's uh, family and friends here this morning as we pay tribute to a, a, a life that's been well lived. But let me assure you, and I, I'm sure Mr. Don would want me to state this for, on his behalf, don't think this is a retirement party. <laughs> he is far from done, <laughs> believe me. And so, um, but we are here today to say a word of thanks and appreciation for the service that Mr. Don has given to God and, and to this church and this community. Uh, since we started planning this event, I, I've really struggled with um, what I should say and what I wanted to say. I, I've known Mr. Don all my life. Um, for those of you that don't know him that well, he's a very special man. He, um, I, I have had the opportunity to know him for 59 years. I have been able to <clears throat> observe him, the way he lived his life. I've been able to listen to what he said, and I have learned a lot about being a godly man from Mr. Don. <laughs> Mr. Don is um, not only special to me personally because of who he is to me, but um, he has been uh, very sp special to me uh, since my own dad died. He actually became kind of a surrogate father every time that I needed a, a, a arm put on my shoulder around me and tell me that it would be okay. Guess who was there? Mr. Donald Coker. Mr. Donald was very instrumental in my, my dad's life. He was one of the few people that my dad would confide in in some of his old war stories. And Mr. Don 
was, was, was able to convince him to tell one of those stories that actually got printed in Guidepost magazine. And I can't tell Mr. Don how appreciative I am of that. I have not only had the opportunity of being around Mr. Don, but his family. I remember uh, when we were younger, Mr. Don um, uh, would bring Sharon and Lisa and Seal out to his soybean field out there in the, in the, in, across from where we lived, and he'd dump them out. <laughs> no water, no food. <laughs> uh, my mama would send my brother and I over there and say, you know, I better go check on those girls. <laughs> Mr. Don was a tough taskmaster. He expected a lot. But you know, I, I, I didn't quite understand that was a little, a little younger, but I, I've come to appreciate it a, a whole lot more as I've lived life. Um, Mr. Don is, uh, uh, is not only the things that I have learned from Mr. Don and been able to take from him that uh, whether he knew it or not, uh, or the things that he was doing. Mr. Don was a committed uh, church person. Um, anything going on in the church, you could count on him being there and, and being active, involved in it. That's what I do today. I don't know if he actually ever uh, knew this, but uh, the in Dr. Walls's uh, spill about sending youth to camp. I'm not too certain if I didn't, or my brother and some of my own siblings didn't attend camp because of Mr. Don. As I got older, Mr. Don was continued that, that ministry. He would send uh, young kids up in Sump the Sumter area to camp, and he gave, he'd come by and talk to myself and my brother and say, hey guys, uh, we, need some, we need to send some kids to camp this summer. You know, the, the number of lives that Mr. Don has touched through his activities in serving God, uh, nobody, nobody knows but God himself. You know, we, we as a church talk about uh, having a burden for lost souls. Uh, and we talk about it. And we may even pray about it. But, you know, talk and prayer requires action if there are going to be any results. Mr. Donald Coker was a man of action. Uh, it's mentioned about uh, um, how sometimes people aren't happy with what you're doing. You know, I thought about that with Mr. Don, and one of the things that you find in, in, in leadership positions, and Mr. Don was a leader. He put himself out there. He was willing to take on the task, whether it brought him praise or criticism, because he wanted to do the right thing. Um, the, the things that I will, I, I, I will always remember about Mr. Don, uh, I miss his singing. Any of you that have never heard him sing at Christmas, sweet little Jesus boy, have missed a treat. He doesn't sing quite as much today, but I miss his singing. Uh, for many of you that are sitting here this morning, when our church uh, burnt in 1985, Mr. Don was the driving force behind the reconstruction of this church plant property. Uh, he took the bull by the horns and he spearheaded that effort on behalf of the church. Um, Mr. Don and I, are, are act, he's been active in the community for years. Uh, as a result, he, he's kind of pulled me into different things that he does and uh, I still do, he and I still do today. He's very patriotic guy. He, he has a love for this country. Uh, he has a love for people. And as we you know, honor him today uh, in, in word, it, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to put into words you know, the impact that he has had on other people. It, it really is. Because until we get to heaven, we really won't know, uh, but I can assure you uh, there will be people in heaven that are there as a result 
of the ministry that Mr. Donald Coker has taken on in his life. You know, I, I, I can't hardly mention Mr. Don without Miss Lois saying, and uh, Miss Lois saying has uh, been a steadfast uh, uh, presence in his life, and he's told, uh, he's made comments more times than not how thankful he is for Miss Lois saying, because theirs is a ministry together. Theirs is a ministry together. They, um, um, you know, some of the things that I'm I'm thankful that Mr. Don was. Uh, active in and, and spearheaded right here in our community. Uh, one of the things that I still do, if there was, you know, he was one of these guys, if there was something to be done and everybody was talking about it, well, all of a sudden he'd be missing and he'd be doing it. He, you know, even if he had to do it by himself, I would pass by uh, folks' yards and he would be trimming hedges and he would be dragging out limbs and pulling weeds out of flower beds and I'm thinking what is Mr. Don doing? Well he still he instilled that same service to others in me and I'm thankful for that. Uh, a lot of you may or may not agree but uh, you know Kerbyville is one of the or is the only dry town in the state of South Carolina and as a result of, uh, in large part, efforts by Mr. Don and, and others in the community, Turville remains a dry town. And you say, well, you know, uh, they sell alcoholic beverages everywhere else in the state, but it makes a statement. It makes a statement about the people that live here. And that statement is very resounding because of guys like Mr. Donald Coker. I um, um, would love to sit here and I could just go on and on about Mr. Don, but, you know, if you know him, Mr. Don is not a guy, he doesn't like, he, he appreciates that people appreciate what he does, but he's not a guy that, you know, he just want, you want to just lay it on him. Uh, but let me tell you, Mr. Don, from the bottom of my heart, because of you, because of you, I'm a better man. Because of you, this church is a better church. Because of you, this community is a better church, a better, better uh, place to live. And because of you, we're having this service today to say thank you and how much we appreciate the efforts that you have given to all of us, given to God, and... Um, in some small way, I hope this lets you know just how much we're thankful that we got to know you in our lives. Thank you. The next time I speak, I'm going first. <laughs> because when you go third, they say all the th good things that you want to say about the man. So. But it is an honor to be able to say a few words about Mr. Don, Mr. Lois Ann, and uh, getting close to, to half a century now, uh, Mr. Don and Ms. Lois Ann invited Sarah and me to, to this church. And we came and we stayed and uh, we were looking for a church to raise our children in and uh, a church for us too that we could grow in. And uh, we found it here. And uh, I think we're getting close to 57, 58 years that we've been here and raised our family, and we've been blessed for uh, that five, five of the families are still worshiping here with us, so we, we are very grateful for that. But uh, I'm going to say a few things uh, off the cuff about Mr. Don that, that, that really, uh, about the, Don, the, the man Donald Coker, uh, not about the things that he did and so forth, but just about the man Donald Coker. And... Uh, what kind of man that, that I found to be, Mr. Don and I go way, way back. Uh, I was raised in this community, and he was, and he was, uh, of course, uh, a little bit older than I was, a uh, good bit older than I was, and he <laughs> he uh, saw me as I came through school and was a good mentor, he and Ms. Lois Ann both, and, uh, but Mr. Donald was a man that, uh, uh, I, several things that I remember that as I was as I was sitting there thinking, well, what what are sort of the, the highlights I can I, I might can share? And as I 
sum up Mr. Donald's life, he, he was a man that was uh, uh, just devoted to serving other people. And I remember the conversation that Jesus had with, with Peter when, when he was asking Peter about his love for him. And he asked him, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, I love you. And asked him several times. And one of the, one of the responses was that Jesus gave him said, well, if you love me, keep my commandments. And a lot has already been said about Donald's love for the Lord and the way he has followed the direct of the Lord. But the other thing that he, asked, uh, he, he answered when he said, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, you know I love you. He said, well, feed my sheep. And I think that's a statement of service that God wants us to be servants of people. And so when I think of, of Mr. Donald, I think of a man that really has committed his life to, to uh, serving people. And, uh, and, and that's part of the story of, of his uh, his commitment to serve people, but uh, I never never have found out uh, from Mr. Donald about anything that he has done for, for other people. I would I would be told by them. People have told me numerous times that Mr. Donald did this and that and the other, and others have told me of things that they knew that Mr. Donald did in terms of of helping people, especially people that were, were down and out and the people that were needy and that really needed help. Uh, Mr. Don. Uh, reached out and helped him. That's who, who he was. And he still does that. And Skippy and Robert Blank has, has mentioned that. But uh, I, I remember him as, as a servant, a man with a servant's heart. Don also had a, uh, and still has, a real passion for young people. And, and, and uh, I had the privilege of going on several trips with him. I, I reckon it was privileges. We, we went on several trips. <laughs> but, but, I remember one time we carried a group of boys to the mountains, and it was George and Benny's age. And George and Benny both get car sick real easy. And George was sick before we got out of Turboville. And Benny got sick before we got to Sumter. And we stopped in Columbia to get something for him. And, and we went to a drugstore there and got something. I forget what it was, but it didn't help. So as we got on up, before we got to Greenville, I said, Brother Don, if you find a store, stop. And uh, I, I, I got something I think can kind of help us. So we'd already stopped. I don't know how many times for him to throw up. And uh, so we stopped, and I went, and I bought him two buckets, and I gave him <laughs> a bucket. And so we went on up into the mountains with, uh, with two sick boys. And, uh, but anyway, as we went through the mountains, I remember I did a lot of praying. Mr. Donald was driving, and we were driving <laughs> the old blue van. You remember, all of you remember the old blue van we had. It was a long van, hold about 12 or 15 people. And we would get in the mountains, and Mr. Don, he enjoyed the mountains. And I would look down on my side, and I couldn't see the bottom of the place. And Mr. Donald loved to be showing me the scenery up in the top of the mountains <laughs> as he drove. And, uh, and sometimes the, the old bus, the old van, whatever it was, the back end would want to pass the front end. And I, I, I became a, a prayer warrior while I was up there. And I, I was just very grateful when we finally got out there. We, we were going to Three Forks Trail, and we finally got there, and and uh, got George and Benny kind of settled off, and I cooked the chicken bog, and we ate chicken bog, and they got sick again. And so <laughs> that was, a, that was a, a, a most memorable experience with Mr. Don with, with the young people. And, and uh, also back in the uh, uh, early days in the late 50s, I graduated from high school in 59, and, and in uh, uh, the year after that, I believe it was 60, 61, 62, somewhere along there, is when the, the Little League, athletic program started in Turboville. And I don't know how many of you know, but the, the Ruatan actually started that, and Mr. Donald was very instrumental in, in getting that started. And in those days, we coached the teams, we, 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 we umpired the games, we fixed the fields and, and all of that. And Mr. Donald was very in, uh, instrumental in that. So his life has certainly been committed to serving people and especially to, to his care of, of young people. But there's another thing that I, that I, when I think of Mr. Donald, uh, and, and I call it a, a bridge builder, one that has built bridges for all of us to cross from, from one point in our lives to another point in our lives to, to where uh, things would be better for us. And, and he certainly has been a, a, build, a bridge builder in my life. And, and if you think about the things that he stood for and the examples that he set that we learned from, uh, we, we, would, we, we would think of things, uh, and some of these have already been mentioned, uh, the activities that Mr. Donald was involved in. And, you know, our tendency is to be passive. 
So he certainly has shown us how to move from passivity to activity. To get things done, you know, somebody has to be actively involved and do things, be doers. And uh, I have been blessed and challenged by Mr. Donald's uh, activity in life, in community things, and church things, and in family affairs. And, and so he has shown us how to do that. Uh, I know of no man that's more responsible than Mr. Don. It's easy to be complacent. Sometimes it's hard to assume responsibility and follow through with responsibility. Mr. Donald has, has built a bridge uh, that, that shows us how, how we can move from complacency to being totally responsible and sticking with the task until we get it, until we get it done. Mr. Donald is one of the most unselfish people I, I know. As I've, as I've stated, I've, I've, uh, I've seen him do so many things, and I've heard of his doings, helping people and so forth, but yet I've never had Mr. Don to tell me anything that he's done for people. He's a very unselfish person. And he's shown us how to do that, how to move from selfishness to selflessness, which is a very important thing to, to, to understand. But I mentioned in my Sunday school class this morning, we were talking about uh, the, the courage of, uh, we've been studying Daniel and talking about the courage that Daniel had and that the three Hebrew boys had. And, and, and I mentioned the fact that uh, as we honor Mr. Donald today, he was, he was a man that showed us how to have courage, how to move from fear to courage. Because as we live life, as we live our Christian life especially, uh, there's times almost daily that we have to show courage and we have to take a stand because sometimes truth is hard, but truth is the only thing that will set us free. And, and I think that's one of the big things that we're dealing with now is, is many have forgotten the truth. And I think sometimes without being critical of anybody, any leaders or whatever, sometimes I don't know whether we understand the truth or not. But Mr. Donald had the courage to, to not only did he know the truth, but he, he'd stand on the truth. And as uh, Brother Wall said, you never did have to think about what Mr. Donald was thinking because he'd tell you. And so uh, we saw how to do that. We saw how to move from fear uh, to courage. He told us that. And commitment, it's hard to, in this day and time to, to find people that will make a commitment and follow through. As I've lived life with Mr. Donald, I've seen a man that when he makes a commitment, he commits to it, and he follows through with it until it's done. So he showed us how to, to make a commitment and move from being uncommitted to being totally committed. What a bridge it is to build. And probably the most important bridge that I've, that, that Mr. Donald has built is the bridge from death to life. And he's done that in many ways. He and I have served in the Gideons many, many years together. We served in other ministers together. Mr. Donald's been very active in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a number of years. And uh, he has been a, bri a bridge builder there that, that showed people how to move from death to life. That's what he's all about because he, he loves the Lord and he does that. And so there's a poem that I'd like to read that sort of sums up. Uh, the poem could have been written for Mr. Don, but it's written by a man Will Allen Drumgold, and the title of the, of the poem is The Build, uh, Bridge Builder. And listen to it as I read it and see if you think this sounds like Mr. Donald Coker. It says, an old man going a lone highway came in the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned, went safe on the other side, and he built a bridge to span the tide. Old man set a fellow pilgrim near. You're wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why you build a bridge at evening tide? Then the builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there follows after me today a young man whose feet must pass this way. This chasm has been taught, has naught to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the 
in the twilight dim. You see, good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. So what I'd like for you to do is think just a minute. And if Mr. Don has been a part of building a bridge for you, if he's touched your life in, in a positive way, I'd like for you to honor him at this time by standing and giving him a standing ovation. Also, yes, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Don, for not only building bridges, but, but marking them very clearly. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing those further statements about Brother Don. And again, we say to God be the glory. He wants to use all of us in the same way in the years to come in our journey on earth. Again, reminding you uh, about the dinner. And then the uh, op open mic without karaoke, okay? And uh, we'll be sharing there. By the way, Brother Don, uh, John Price Darst would have liked to have been here, but could not be. There is a letter that they sent that we will read back in the fellowship hall during the dinner. You won't want to miss that statement by Brother John Price as well. Memories of Brother Don Coker. Join with me if we will in singing Amazing Grace number 202, 1, 2, 4, and 5. Let's stand together. Pastor will come and share the prayer blessing on the food. One, two, four, uh, one, two, four, and five. Amazing grace singing together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and for this moment. We thank you for your love, your protection, your guidance. We thank you for the way that you have been instrumental in leading and using Mr. Don and Miss Lois Ann. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to use them as they, uh, in their faithfulness, that it would be a witness to us all. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the food that we're about to have. We thank you that we have so much. But, oh, God, help us to be ever mindful that there are so many that have so little. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We would ask you to allow Don and Lois Ann with family to go first and everybody fall in after that. Brother Don and Lois Ann, family, please come on if you will at this time. Then back there you can mingle among and fellowship because I believe the ladies are ready with the meal at this time. <laughs> 